This is a Leading Through Challenge show. You're Grant Verhoeven. I'm Chris Desmond. We've just had a fantastic conversation, Grant, all about becoming invaluable as a leader. What can people expect from our chat today? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, basically, it was about why it's really important to be an invaluable leader at the moment, particularly coming out of the lockdown. Uh, the second is around some of the, the tools and tips uh, that you can use to become invaluable. And lastly, you know, looking forward, the uh, yeah, how you can use some of those tools moving forward in, in what you do. Grant Verhoeven, welcome to Leading Through Challenge, mate. Uh, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing good, Chris. Excellent, and it's a lovely Wellington day here, uh, even though we are recording this over over the virtual environment still. Um, who is Grant Verhoeven in a nutshell? So uh, I've got, uh, I'm a dad, I've got two young children. Um, I am a Wellingtonian, went to Wellington College, and uh, I, I run a, a practice that's focused around career development for leaders. And um, over the last sort of 10 years, I've been working in the career development space. Um, and I've got a real, I suppose, a real passion for helping people get clear on what they do the best at work, uh, whether or not that's individually, um, so they can find the work they really love, or, or as a team, they can they understand what they do the best as a team. Yeah. And why does that aspect of leadership excite you the most? Uh that's a good question. Um, I suppose it, it came from when I was, I went through redundancy in my early 30s and uh, it was the first time, Chris, I got some professional career development advice. Uh, it was part of the outplacement um, or they call it remodeling for redundancy. Uh, and it was the first time, you know, even though I'd been to university and, you know, got scholarships, awards, and, and worked, that somebody actually, I suppose, took the time to help me understand what I was doing really well. Uh, and that sort of launched me into to what, I, what I've been doing, which is really around the, the coaching and training and development. So mm. I suppose it's, that kind of gives, gives me my energy, really. Yeah, yeah, cool. And Grant, I mean, we're recording this day one of level two. Uh, it's, we've been in lockdown for what seven and a half weeks. I, I've lost, I've lost count. Um, and it's been reasonably scary times. And I think it is going to be reasonably scary times for people um, in a leadership capacity for a little while moving forward from here. But I know you, you've been talking a lot about being invaluable as a leader at the moment. Why, why should we be aiming for that? Like, why is that important? Uh, well, I've been talking to a, a number of my clients, a number of managers and leaders, and, and uh, yeah, there, there's a, it's a real interesting sort of time at the moment. And um, I suppose I was explaining it to somebody yesterday. It's like the, the world sort of tilted a few degrees on its axis in terms of work uh, and leadership, uh, and we're all sort of going back, retransitioning out after lockdown and, and trying to make sense of it. And uh, so. Being invaluable as a leader is, I mean, practically speaking, it sort of came up with a conversation where uh, people were talking about are their jobs safe? Um, 
you know, this concept of sinking lid uh, and what the impact you know, will be in the next three to six months around the uncertainty. So, sorry to cut you off. What do you what do you mean by sinking lid? All right, yeah, sinking lid. Uh, I don't know if you heard the term. What is it? Last in, first out, kind yeah, of yeah. sinking okay. lid by by budgets. Uh, one of the one of the managers I was speaking to, you know, they'd lost forty percent of their budget, uh, and so in terms of revenue, so that you know that that has implications mm. around being able to support staff, and and it's it, it's a real focus at the moment from the people I'm speaking to around looking after their teams and their staff, um, keeping them safe. Uh, but that being a valuable part is, is making sure that when people get back into work, that they're, they're doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. And like, can you define invaluable a little bit more? Yeah. Um, I suppose the, the question is... It, is that around how to be invaluable or what it actually means? What it actually means in, in this context. Yeah. Uh, I once heard that you're, you're kind of paid in direct proportion to the problems that you can solve. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you can solve more complicated problems, then you can actually, you know, charge more. Um, and so that invaluable aspect when it comes to to leadership, I think, comes down to the ability to lead, motivate, and inspire other people. Um, in terms of if it's an individual aspect, it's being able to be great at what you do at work, um, but also be clear on what it is that, you know, what are the problems that you're there to solve. Mm. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that makes sense. So like this, this is probably something that we should be thinking about all the time, not just right in this moment, but if we haven't been thinking about it before, how can we start to make ourselves invaluable and what are the, what are some of the aspects that we need to be thinking about to do that? Mm. Um, I think if, if we're talking about a leadership point of view, uh, the, the first thing is to, to check in uh, with with staff. Um, I, I sort of use a model of, you know, the, the three E's that people either at this point coming back in, uh, they might be excited and energetic. Their energy might be eroded or they might be absolutely exhausted because they've been at home for seven weeks <laughs> trying to juggle being a, what was it, full-time parent, teacher, worker. Uh, and so I think I think just number one is being aware and, and connecting in with members of the team and appreciating where they're coming from. Um, that's from a leadership point of view. I think from a individual point of view, uh, it's really yeah. I, I work a lot with people who don't yeah. You know, they they kind of have a sense of what they do really well. Like uh, they understand some of their strengths they bring to the table, but once they they sort of get a better appreciation of it and, and know what they can actually bring, do some reflection. Um, it sort of allows them to get that clarity on where they should be focusing. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely been one of the things that I've seen over the last six months that I've been working with teams and individuals is once people get that clear sense of what their superpower is, 
um, they can then shape it. Yeah, so it, like it's a real time for, for focusing on your strengths rather than trying to build up perceived areas of weakness at the moment, you reckon? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's sort of two schools of thought, isn't there? I mean, often people default, I notice that people default to, to weaknesses. So um, when, for example, I'm doing, say, a strength finder assessment, uh, there will almost be this un- always be a question, Chris, about, oh, and, and so what are my weaknesses? Um, and, and when it comes to performance reviews or management or even ourselves, we're sort of like, oh, okay, uh, you know, we need to work at what we really struggle with. Um, the flip side is to understand what we do really well. Um, so, for example, I was uh, coaching somebody earlier this morning and he's just got this analytical brain. He's just incredible in terms of the way that he can analyze different things and he really loves process and systems. Bit of a quieter guy. So, I mean, part of that is is being able to, I suppose, understand that and, and see that and then look for opportunities like a heat-seeking missile to be able to lend that strength <laughs> to a project, to be able to shape work around that. And I think given our current climate uh, where people are sort of probably going to be staying in jobs for longer, uh, part of that aspect of keeping energised is how can, you, how can you shape your current role so that you can do more of what you're really good at and then enjoy it. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, mate. Um, for people kind of who are starting to step into more of a leadership role and maybe they don't understand where their strengths lie so much, how do they, how can they start thinking about that? Hmm. What, are there any practical tips that you have for them to, to start to develop an awareness of their strengths? Yeah, uh, I, I kind of like, I, I use the analogy of like three, needing three different points, like the, but like those navigators where they navigate using the stars and they'd have a point there, a point there and a point there and it sort of gives them a, a direction. And I mean, the simplest way is to do some reflective exercises around thinking of a time where you know, you've been really motivated, perhaps you've, it's been at work, you've, time has flown, maybe you've got a pat on the back. And, and all those things, you know, you're really enjoying that sort of work. Uh, and once you sort of think about it, jot the examples down as to what you've been doing, uh, where it's been, and, and actually take the time to, to sit and reflect and, and write some stories down. Um, so, I mean, that's really the, the simplest starting point. Uh, and, and that's sort of featured in books like What Colour Is My Parachute? Um, the, the, you know, that's kind of like the, the guru book around careers um, or even Simon Sinek's Find Your Why. Uh, and then the other things you can do are, are do some form of assessment, like a strength finder assessment. And then the other thing is actually pick people that know you well and just simply ask them, what do you think I'm doing? I do really well. And then join the dots and uh, mm. really gives people that sort of corrals it to actually something concrete. Yeah, and, and obviously kind of the most powerful is to take all three of those options and to, to put them together for you. Uh, cool. 
we want to be invaluable in this time, in this time where there's a bit of chaos going on for us. But sooner or later, things are going to start to get back into a routine as well and become a little bit more kind of normalized in parentheses for, for whatever that new normal looks like. How can we ensure that we remain invaluable or continue to maybe get become more valuable as we move into that period of time? Hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I was I was writing a blog post and reading a book about how how long does it take to, to form a new habit. You you probably know with the with the clients that you work for hmm. work with. Sorry, you know how long do you, you might give them some uh, advice exercises. How long does it take for the to start becoming unconscious? Um, and in James Clear's book. Atomic Habits, they, they, they found it's 66 days. It's not 21, it's 66 days, which mm. I thought really fascinating. And, uh, and then I thought about, well, how long have we been in lockdown? We've been in lockdown, I'd say, roughly 54 days. That's what I calculated, give or take. Well, we've almost had to transition into a whole new set of habits. And uh, so I suppose part of being invaluable is consciously thinking all right, so we've got 66 days now to start building some new habits. Mm. Do we just wing it and hope that you know, things will just work out fine? Or do we spend a, a bit of time thinking about what we've learned through this process and then put a few things in place uh, around how, how we want that? Yeah, I hate to say yeah, the new, new, whatever, the new normal. It's cliche. Now, whether it is around that work-life balance, is it is it going to be looking like people will be doing more work from home? This whole connectivity aspect and and using the likes of the internet. What, what are some of the things that you know we've, we've learned, and and how do we then transition into that new space? Um, and as a leader, I, I mean, I think part of that is. Is, is understanding that people will go through that journey different at, through, at different paces. Um, some people are able to adapt really well and really quickly. In fact, it's one of the, the, the strengths in the Strength Finder assessment, adaptability. Um, other people perhaps take a bit more time. So, but you know, if you're returning back to you know, your clinic, gym, and you workplaces, just my viewpoint is give yourself a break and realize that it's gonna take a bit of time to transition back. Mm. Yeah, and I think w with that as well, as, as you said, it's important to take that time to, to do some analyzing and to do some strategy around it as well, just rather than kind of leaping back into things feet first. So it's, um, I spent a, a whole lot of time this morning blocking out uh, blocks of time in my schedule over the next six or eight weeks to catch up with my staff and to um, spend a little bit of time kind of sitting down and, and doing some strategic thinking about how things are going and, and the direction that we want to take them in uh, moving forward. And Sometimes you feel bad about that because it's uh, it doesn't always seem to get you immediately closer to a goal. But I think, um, like as you as you've been saying, being patient with it and deploying a little bit of long term thinking 
is really is really helpful so kind of utilizing these as um as almost kind of long game sessions that you're putting in there uh, is well it's a helpful way for me to be thinking about it and using it anyway yeah i mean it's uh, I, I like what you say about that long game approach that like being deliberate. Gosh, mm. that, that reminds me of that one of the the, the last. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing where I get all these it? ideas from, yeah, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, that, that was very good. Yes, um, but that whole feeling guilty thing that that's really interesting. You say that because um, again, when, when it comes to one on one coaching, uh, I remember one 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 chap, one leader. I was I was coaching. Uh, he had, he was in a senior role. He said, this is the first time I've actually had an hour to, to spend on myself. And, uh, he was feeling a little bit guilty about that, almost self-indulgent. Mm. And I kind of explain it as, it's a bit like a decompression chamber when you're, you know, rushing around and really busy and, and suddenly you've got this, this, this one hour block that's all about you gives you the opportunity to think about instead of the day-to-day dramas, what, how do you work the best and, and what do you need to do? It, it is, it's, it's a pretty amazing place to be. And, uh, and often, you know, just a couple of little tweaks here and there, mate, it's amazing the difference that it makes. Exactly. And I mean, you, you referenced Sam's podcast earlier, but there's, there's other, other ones episodes of the show that kind of talk more about that concept. I mean, Joel Buzaid is, is all about leading yourself first. And, um, I talked to Elizabeth, Elizabeth McNaughton as well, um, who just dropped the line on me that was amazing. It was, um, you lead others to where you are. So if you're not new, if you're not spending that time on yourself and working on yourself, then actually you're not going to step up as a leader and um, you're, going, you're not going to be as effective in bringing other people in and kind of moving them forward as well. I feel like I've got to drop a line in you now, Chris. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, okay, uh, here we go. Are you ready? Don't injure yourself by falling into your next career. How's that? Oh, I, uh, I like that with, yeah. from a leadership perspective, but also from a, with my physiotherapy hat on as well. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one because the again when working with people around their career, uh, of which always comes up in leadership, the leadership space, but ninety percent of the time uh, is yeah. Most people go, oh, I fell into it. How did you get into this? Oh, I fell into it. Well, yeah, it's interesting, eh? Mm. So there you go. That's my that's my one liner for you. Okay, good, good, good. good. I'll, I'll put that. I'll cut that into a clip for you, Grant. Um, oh, Grant, this is all about improving our leadership abilities and our ability to navigate challenge. But was there a time that you didn't lead well? And if so, are you happy to share that? Yeah, I knew, yeah, yeah. I knew you were going to ask that question. In fact, yeah, you, you sent it through beforehand. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I thought about that one. That was a time that really stood out for me. Um, and that was uh, when I was... Around about, yeah, I was about 20. Uh, I was, I was promoted into a leadership role. I was, a, I'd, I'd started at, you know, in between my second and third year at university as a, as a, as a salesperson, back to door to door salesperson. And uh, I discovered I had a bit of a knack for it and uh, pretty much didn't go back to university, but became a, a real top performing salesperson. 
Uh, and then, of course, they promote you. Uh, and so they promoted me to a manager. And then I got promoted to effectively running, starting my own office and running an office with uh, two receptionists, 15 salespeople, and a telemarketing department of nine. And I was a disaster as a leader. Uh, and I, 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 was, I was thinking about it, you know, what, what was it that, I mean, first up, I, I didn't have any, I didn't have any idea of what this, what it actually meant. I mean, I, I just sort of kept stumbling on and opportunities sort of presented themselves. And the, the skill to actually lead a team and people is a completely different skill to being technically competent. Mm. And uh, and on top of that, I oh, geez, I was I was I just I, I mean it, it it got me thinking what would have helped and what did I learn and and one thing I learned was the importance of I suppose mentoring um, and and making sure that there's there's people around you us that support us so that before you know, getting to those situations where you, I think it's called the Peter Principle, Chris, where you get promoted to a position of incompetence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that we get to that point that hopefully someone might flag something beforehand or at least give you a little bit of an insight to, from my point of view, slow down and and actually sort of plan it out a bit better. Mm. Um, so, yeah, my, my leadership, if I think about it, yeah, it was, was, was not that great. Uh, it was pretty fragmented, disorganized, and uh, yeah. But yeah, huge learning curve, I can tell you that. Grant, what's influenced your thinking about leadership the most in the last couple of years? Yeah, it's uh, probably my own experience of what, well, experience of leaders. Uh, what I mean by that is, I, I I think of one of my managers when I was at Massey University. Uh, she was younger than me, but she just had this incredible ability to to lead and and inspire others. And when I, she actually became one of my mentors. I I normally try to keep a couple of mentors or work with a couple of mentors. Um, and she, the reason why was because I just loved how she could bring so many different people on board. And I remember one conversation with her was around how she could tailor it to an individual, like no mm. individual was the same. So, you know, whether it be m managing me or managing another person in the team, she just had this amazing knack of being able to tailor it for that person. Um, and so seeing, seeing examples like that and experiencing that is definitely something that has shaped me. Um, and then, of course, there's the ones where, which weren't so great, uh, which, <laughs> which you then use on the flip side and go, well, hmm, that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> um, and from a work point of view, I mean, I suppose it comes back to that whole aspect that people, I mean, you, you probably heard the saying, you know, people don't leave a job, they often leave a manager. Mm. Um, so, yeah. It's, uh, but... But just seeing those examples of really good and experiencing them of really good management is it's just awesome. I think it's just an incredible, uh, incredible skill set to have because you literally are shaping people's lives. It's amazing. 
Yeah, yeah. And hopefully these conversations are helping do the same for people. Grant, what should leaders be doing right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, my, yeah, from my point of view, um, yeah, there, there's, there's really two things. Uh, I mean, the, the first is really around their, their staff and their teams coming back. Uh, I mean, this, as you said at the start, you know, this is, this is level two. Suddenly there's this, this shift, people thinking, or at least coming back to work. Um, uh, you know, speaking to one of the, the, the people I'm working with this just before this call, you know, he, he absolutely loves it at home. <laughs> he's just yeah. thriving and, and he's saying his team loves it at home uh, through to other people that are just almost just can't wait to get back into the office. Uh, and so I suppose one of the things I think is just to check in with, with staff and, and see where their, where their head's at um, and, and then just tailor the support to it. The flip side of that, of course, uh, Chris is that you know when it comes to business, it's without putting too fine a point on it. Uh, you know, there's the the hard reality, the nuts and the bolts, the the money in the bank, and uh, and how to offset that with um, you might say just caring for everybody, uh, mm. which is which is a juggle. And so I think uh, communication. Is, is really key. So in, in the face of uncertainty, people often default, but like strengths and weaknesses back to the worst case scenario. So if things are a bit dicey, you know, people will be thinking about it. People will be thinking, is my job on the line here? Uh, so being able to regularly check in and communicate that so that it, before it even starts festering in people's mind, I think is really important. Um, and likewise, if there is some change ahead, just just be upfront and and have those conversations, so that people do at least know uh, where they stand. Yeah. Thank you, Grant. And Grant, uh, I know you've got a couple of uh, resources available to help people get a little bit more clarity about how they can become invaluable. Um, where can people grab them from? Yeah, you can can go to www spark.co.nz or grantverhoven.com um, and yeah just download the the career I mean the sorry the confusion to clarity guide I put together uh, that includes you know the, the different activities around how to get that clarity on what you do the best um, or just reach out uh, my details are up on the, the website or uh, look me up on LinkedIn um, I'd love to hear from you um, and, and look I suppose I just want to I just want to acknowledge you, Chris, for, for what you're doing, which is, um, you know, that around leaders not just going through this, but coming out the other side better, mm. um, which, you know, is, which it sounds, well, my viewpoint is it sounds really easy to do and quite cliche, doesn't it? <laughs> <But> <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I think that, because, but I think it is really, you know, it's a great, aspiration to have um particularly through the you know this this last eight weeks mm. um well thank yeah. you yeah 
I, I appreciate That's the words, good. mate. Um, Grant Verhoeven, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, no, well, it's, it's a pleasure. And thanks, Chris, for having me.